This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and I am with Eat to Perform coach Sarah Kumar. Sarah, do you want to say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. So this may or may not end up being a podcast. We're sort of re recording it for people that are new, so we could maybe get them get this out to them so they can listen to it because what I think happens with a lot of people that are new to eat reform is you're getting a lot of information and 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 there's challenges and there's all this other kind of stuff and uh, what we do is we especially early on is we have kind of these calls um, Sarah's mostly in charge of that right now so I'm gonna have her really focus on that piece but the thing that I want to say that's most important to everyone, that is the biggest piece by far, okay? It's 95% of whether or not you're going to have success with Eat to Perform. Um, and that is the plan. And, right. you know, a lot of people focus on the meal timing and they focus on, you know, um, just all these different little intricacies when they really, you know, uh, you know, this is all confusing. Right. If you've never logged your food, I think it's realistic to say this is confusing. Okay. But uh -huh. if you've logged your food in the past, and a lot of us have, you know, all we really need to do is follow your plan. And mm -hmm. that is 95% of the Eat Reform journey. And, and so I want to talk to a little bit about why, you know, a couple real key points before we start to get into um, some of the questions that people are asking Sarah and then kind of run over some of those answers. But so, so here's your plan. Do your plan. That's the most important piece. Um, trend sheets are not for you. You're not trying to figure out what's going on in your trend sheet. And, you know, I mean, yes, it's nice to see that when you sleep four hours a day that your st steps go down to about 2,300. Um, right. But, you know, realistically, um, what we're doing is we're dissecting that information. And so if you're all over the place with your trend sheet, First conversation we're going to have is try not to be all over with your, you know, really focus on consistency. Then once we right. have some of that consistency in place, then we can start dissecting to see how we can take you from four hours sleep to, to eight hours sleep. Or how we can, mm -hmm. you know, give you some tips and ideas on, on, on steps. I think that, I mean, think about why you signed up for Eat Reform. Why... Eat to form is making an impression on you, and it's, I'd say, ninety nine point seven percent of people have tried a million other things and it didn't work. All those million other things, paleo, Weight Watchers, um, flushes, detoxes, right? All they are are ways to get in fewer amounts of calories, and you landed with us, okay? And you say, well, yeah, if I'd been good at those, I'd be fine. But I wasn't good at those, and that's why I landed at Eat to Perform. Well, they ultimately failed you. You know, one of the right. biggest problems with the health and fitness industry, dieting in particular, is that 
plans are written in an unsustainable way or they're not intuitive enough to where you realize that that's an important piece. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you had success doing Weight Watchers, but when you realistically looked at it, you realized that you were eating about 900 calories a day. Over right. time, that's not going to be sustainable. So even though, you know, um, if you had done Weight Watchers in a realistic way, right, where you were relatively cautious, you know, and, and stayed at, say, 1,600 calories, is that going to mm -hmm. be your instinct or did you need a coach to actually help you through it? Because even if you hired a right. coach through Weight Watchers, they're not going to give you 16, 1,700 calories, right? They're going to let right. you lead the calorie discussion. And to me, that's a shitty coach, right? Well, right. You know, a coach is supposed to say to you, you know, you have to, you know, I mean, just using like a football analogy, you have to wait for the block to develop to run through that hole, you know? Right. And so if we let you lead the discussion, you know, more often than not, you're just going to go, I want to eat as little as possible, as quickly as possible. And if I could potentially just, you know, take an ice shaver and shave off about 15 pounds of fat, you know, that would be a way that I would like to go. And ultimately, that's the reason you're here now, you know. So when we give you a plan, the reason why we want you to follow that plan is because if you're not following the plan, you're doing your own plan. And when you're doing your own plan, it makes it more difficult for us to figure out whether or not our plan is working, right? The whole point of Eat to Perform is customization along the way. And so if, if you have, you know, three super high days and then three super low days, you know, that's not really, um, you know, that's a version of, of your plan, you know. Um, and that is, you know, ironically, that is it's not going to feel good. No. And, and I, I think that that's actually how most people weekends go. Right. That's one of the biggest adjustments yeah. that people need to make is that, yeah, it's nice on the weekends to have one day where you're eating a little bit more freely, you know, because we all like that piece. And, and that's mm -hmm. typically not a problem. What's the problem is that when you allow that to become three days, and then the rest of the week that you're paying the price for those three days just to get back to even, right? Right. And that's a little bit of what the holidays look like. Um, that's a little bit of what some people's weekend looks like every single week. So mm -hmm. now we, I'm going to go into Sarah because I think that what, what Sarah's question, and we do have one person that's actually on right now if they have any questions you just open that up to chat and we'll, we'll answer, um, answer that. Also, if you're new and you have questions, or even if you're old and you remember a question that you haven't seen been asked in a while, go ahead and do it. Or if you're saying, you know, hey, this was one of the things that really made a big difference for me, um, go ahead. Let's, let's, uh, let's get that information out there. So... Sarah, on the phone calls that you're making with, with mm -hmm. new people, and if you're getting a message that you have a phone call, you know, to talk to, to Sarah, Sarah mm -hmm. runs my team in group coaching. 
You know, so she's literally seen virtually everything that you could possibly see. So you want to have a conversation with Sarah. And I feel like if you're avoiding the conversations, if you're avoiding the interaction with us, not only are you missing out on what you purchased, but you have to ask yourself, why are you avoiding that? Right? Right. And a lot of time it's because you know, you're setting up a failure scenario. One of the biggest reasons why people fail dieting um, is because they don't dive into, you know, the plans. And right. they don't you and I, I would argue that people could be successful with a lot of things, you know, if they understood them better. But it, it's just real easy to settle into that safe place where, you know, I know I'm going to fail. I failed at every other diet ever, right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm just going to huddle up into my corner. And when you look at all the people that are in, you know, trend sheets and they're doing all the challenges and stuff like that, those are people that are really trying to understand what will work for them in the future and really getting a high level of support. And then if you're not one of those people, and I understand not everybody's social, but you would still request a review. You could still get on some of these calls. You know, there are ways for you to interact. And then, of course, if you need one-on-one -on -one attention, we have a, we have a coaching program. So, Sarah, um, we are getting a few questions that are coming up. But go ahead and talk to me a little bit about what you think, like, the basics would be and some of the things that people could start working with right off the bat. Um, I would say when people are starting and what we do on – on our welcome calls, um, the webinars, is number one to start logging your food, all your food that you're eating right away. Um, people kind of hold back on that because they're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to meet my goals. Doesn't matter. You need to dig in and start logging your food in my fitness pal. Um, and I do tell people right off the bat, your goal is to hit your macros every day following your pattern of super, medium, low, high, medium, medium, low. That's your goal every day. So I would say the most important piece of that to hit your macros is always planning the night before. Um, because people will still come back and say after we have that conversation, okay, but I just can't wrap my head around, you know, I, I, I keep going over my fats and I, I'm still under my carbs. And so I will say it again. And it's funny how we work as human beings, okay, so now we're going to go back to, if you planned the night before, specifically put your food in for that following day to hit your macros, that wouldn't be the case, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? and I mean... And we need, we need those reminders as human beings. Like, we want to stay focused on, this is what I've been doing, and I don't know why it's not working. You need to stop yourself and do that planning the night before. And you don't need to do the planning for the next 20 years see that's the no, other that's the other part day. that people set themselves up with failure on is yeah. they you know they think i don't think i could do this for the rest of life nobody's asking you to do this for the rest of your life we're asking you to do right. it for a week you know and if you do it for a week that gives us a chance to kind of adjust your plan start to get into some newer habits um, right so, so and then the other thing is I would just say real quick, the other thing, magic about pre-planning, if you plan the night before, 
to hit your macros, the food's already in there, you're gonna wake up the next day, eat it off like a checklist, it's a no-fail system. But you're also killing two birds with one stone. If you're premeditating to succeed, you're also thinking about when you're gonna eat that food during the day. Yeah. You're putting it into my fitness pal, and you get to dinner and you've got find you've got 70 grams of protein left and you've got 190 carbs you still need to get. Now you know you need to go back to your breakfast and add maybe a half a cup of oatmeal, um, etc. So you're taking that the pressure of timing out of the equation as well. Yeah, because timing is such a you know, just just to be very clear, timing is a very marginal piece. You know, it yeah, really comes down to yeah, I mean, if you're Usain Bolt, you know, and give me a call, Usain, you know, I can hook you up. Um, but but uh, if you're Usain Bolt, you know, timing matters a little bit more than it does to just an average person. For most people that are just right. getting started with the plan, you know, just get the just get the overall numbers right. Um, yeah. And uh, so so Jennifer's asking, can you talk about what is so important about getting weight stable before you make any changes? That's sort of a residual of, of eat to perform from a long time ago, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I would say that the good majority of people that sign up for eat to perform in January, they, you know, we're seeing this a lot where, you know, they've gotten their numbers their numbers are relatively cautious. You know, Jennifer probably doesn't remember that her numbers were cautious in the beginning. Um, and so, you know, if you were overeating, you're going to see weight loss and we don't discourage people from, from getting weight loss, right? I mean, right. Weight, there's a high correlation between weight loss and, and fat loss, you know. Um, now, if you were under eating, you know, which... You know, if if you signed up in May, you know, and and you know you were trying to lose weight and you took it a little bit far and you were eating eleven hundred to nine hundred calories, mm -hmm. then you know, in Jennifer's scenario is a little bit more applicable. But during the holidays, what we've seen is everyone was off the wagon for the holidays, and right now what we're seeing is a lot of people are down six or seven pounds that they gained during the holidays, maybe even, you know, a little bit more um, just because they've gotten on either a fat loss plan or if they just signed up, you know, they're doing what we told them to do. And so they're seeing some And they're also loss. getting back to their plan. I mean, there is something to just getting back to your pattern, you know, and getting back to that, um, you know, thinking 80-20 clean eating that we kind of threw out the window through the holidays as well. That yeah. alone can make a huge difference for people. Yeah. So Victoria's saying when she was new, all the acronyms confused her. And I agree that the acronyms are confusing. Um, we talked about this a long time ago, that TDE should be changed to your plan. For some mm -hmm. trend sheets, it is called your plan. TDE is your plan, right? That's That's yeah. what that is. In terms of, right. of low, you know, lists or low intensity steady state workouts, um, that's just walking or jogging, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, the the acronyms can be a little bit confusing, but once again, you know, I would really consider that about 
you know, 2% of the real issue for someone that's new, you know, the, the new person just coming in, you know, looking to simplify things, you know, just needs to understand we're giving you a plan for a reason. We want you to do that plan. And once we see that you do that plan, here's a great example. What, what Sarah was saying. So you plan your days out and within four days, you're about to eat your hand off and you're down seven pounds, right? Um, Clearly, that's too aggressive. So what we need you to do at that point is just hit your trend sheet, quest to review, you know, soon we'll be able to be able to do that within the app and, um, you know, ask for an adjustment. I mean, the the goal isn't to, you know, starve you into your body composition goals, unlike most other systems right. out there. What we're really focused on is that sweet spot where you're seeing results, but you're also, you know, sleeping an adequate amount. You're, you're, right. you know, I mean, think about it like this. When you're sleeping four hours a day, really? Do you feel like going to work out? Because I know I don't, <laughs> you know. Um, and you know, I've said this a million times. This is actually one of the things that that I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, I know Whole Thirty. Um, that was a big pitch for them uh, a long time ago. That if you hadn't slept for six hours, you probably should hold off on working out. I would use that as like a guideline, but I do think that that is pretty true. Now you could walk. You know, but I, I, you know, and and if you're you're really struggling, we have to look at the biggest issue. The the the, the ironic part about that though is that while they they would suggest that, they also caused it, right? Because the non-specific way that you do things just leads to people just like gnawing on chicken and kale all day, right. and right. you know that's gonna you know land you with more cortisol big stress response, you know, and, and that's, you know, I mean, look at all the friends that you have that are dieting right now, you know, their hair is starting to get a little bit more rigid, you know, they're only sleeping four hours a day. They're complaining about insomnia. They've got sad, you know, some of these things, you know, um, are because of lack of food. Right. The other thing I just want to reiterate too, kind of going back to, you know, click request a review and and knowing where your sleep is. That's another super important part of when people get on these welcome calls, update your trend sheet. You have to provide the data. The more data you provide us, the better we can help you and keep talking to your coaches. That's why you have, that's why you're here because we offer the most handholding and, um, constant communication you're going to get. And I think that's the other piece of when you talk about why other diet plans um, fail, I don't know any other program that provides people with their own personal storyboard that they can literally track every detail of their day in. Right. Yeah. I think that that's important. So Jill's asking, this is a great new question. Where do I find the information about what a high, medium, and low day looks like? Where do I find info to select the macro count for the day? So basically, you just go to your trend sheet. Okay, unfortunately, it's not named your plan, but it should be named your plan. Um, And just go to the TDE tab. You can also just go to your trend tab 
And if you go to your trend tab, you'll at the top, it says current macros, high, medium, low. Okay. The thing that you want to do is set your super day. Your super day is basically the day that you eat a little bit more flexibly. And then when you go to your TDE tab or your, uh, uh, you know, what is essentially your plan, you know, it walks you through your, what, you know, the rhythm of your week looks like, which is super medium low, high, medium, medium low. And if I eat my super day is uh, Friday, I'm eating a little bit more flexible on that day. Then my medium day is Saturday, low day Sunday, high day Monday, medium day Tuesday, medium day Wednesday, low day Thursday. So if um, you have any questions about that, uh, you know, one, you know, definitely you can make a post, you can request a review, um, but it is all in your trend sheet. And um, right. I'm going to you know, post a picture of the TE tab. Yeah, can I also make it, you know, I would make a case, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of struggling on spots, you know, we might, we might make a, you know, another pitch once, once um, some people graduate from, from group coaching, but that would be the kind of question you might want to jump into coaching, you know, for a month or two, just to get that under your belt. You know, because that is kind of the base. I mean, pretty much every book we talk about the rhythm, why it's important, you know, all this other type, type of stuff. And so um, yeah. if you haven't read, you know, we can fix that. We definitely go over that and we can fix that. So Jennifer saying, yes, logging all the foods, great data that helps you see how it impacts your body. Great point. Um Judy saying, I'm getting ready to start ETP, but just toward my quad muscles, so my activity level has dropped. 5-4. Uh, should I still stick to these numbers? Uh -huh. It's a great question. Can I only do upper body strength work? Yes, you can. Okay. One of the reasons why your numbers might not want to change, and this is something we talk a lot about, um, especially on our coaching calls, is... The natural tendency for you is to get in your own way and then go, I don't need that much food because I'm not doing all that much. But you're forgetting one thing. Your body needs to heal. And so when your body doesn't have enough, um, when you are dealing with an injury, um, and in some ways if you're under-recovered, so if you've worked out five days in a row and you're about to eat your hand off, you know, you're right. under-recovered. You know, and food is part of that equation. So if you're dealing with an injury and, uh, you know, ultimately what you want to do is just do the plan. And if we start to see that we need a change, then we will make that change. But in the beginning, let's not just make a change, assuming that it's going to be one way or the other. I can tell you from personal experience that I had a, a similar issue to what you're talking about and when I did get in my own way I ended up losing about eight pounds and about six of it was muscle you know so you don't want to you know um, dramatically decrease food um, now if weight starts to go up obviously we can keep you weight stable um, 
but don't assume that your weight is going to go up because you're not doing very much because your metabolism will speed up for your body to heal. All right, let's see. So Jennifer saying, what I like most about where I'm at with each form is the rhythm method minus um, she's using the eight day. We're actually moving to the seven day uh, with the app just because um, it's just better um, as it relates to coding. Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm creature routine. Okay, so I, um, the trying to explain to people Sorry, I'm having a dry skin issue here. Um, the uh, hey, did you follow the advice of our group coacher? I have, but you know what? I I always I always forget. But when I do it, it works great. Um, Listen, imagine that when you follow the plan, it works. I know, huh. I know. The huh. um, even I have those <laughs> issues. Um, so a lot of people go, well, why do I have to eat that way? You know, and in some ways, the trend sheet is sort of a holdout from a long time ago. And rather than recreating a million trend sheets, what you'll see is that in the app, there is no discussion of workout type, okay? It's basically, this is your day, eat this day. Um, the reason why the trend sheet is just because we didn't want to change thousands of trend sheets. But you know, uh, what we found was when you guys chose to eat high or eat low, you always did it wrong, right? And so what we came what we came up with because really when you look at what makes a deficit cycle, performance cycle, whatever it is, um, most effective, it's calorie average. And so we, um, through months of testing, came up with this um, parameter that really works for a lot of people. And I think that, you know, if you're the type of person that, um, you know, goes to CrossFit because you like doing what's on the board or you go to Orange Theory just because you know what the, the workout's going to be, right. that's what the rhythm is for. It's just yeah. to get you out of your own way so you make the more correct yep. decision most of the time. The other thing, Paul, that I get on calls a lot, too, if you want to kind of, is they're like, okay, well, I was doing my macros, but then I saw I hit my calories. I really wish people would take calories out of their, their mind and, and think, I feel like if you focus on your macros, yeah, you're going to inadvertently hit your calories. Yeah, so I mean, don't think about your calories. We see that all the time, right, when somebody just... But, but because most diet plans talk in terms of calories, yeah, that's why... It's hard. But we see that all the time, right? You know, when somebody first yeah. starts the coaching, they you know, they've got green calories and then you look mm -hmm. at and you look at their carbs and you look at their fat. Some people are just like crazy on the carbs, <laughs> some people are crazy on the fats. And yeah. what you find is that when they follow the macro setup that we've set for them. They actually see results, but when they just focus on yeah. calories, they don't get the results that they need. No. And so what Sarah is saying, if you can get that macro um, partitioning correct, and that's what we're looking for, you know, we're not looking mm -hmm. to see whether or not your body responds really well to 474 amount of carbs when you eat 12, you know, grams of fat, right? <laughs> <laughs> what we're trying to do is 
find some level of balance. And, you know, Sarah brought up a point earlier that I think is really important is when you're planning your meals throughout the day, you naturally um, make more mixed meals, or at least you should be trying for more mixed meals. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. So if you just have protein with um, oatmeal, what you've essentially got are two, you know, two situations that are basically just going to spike your insulin and then kind of mess with your blood sugar and you're going to be hungry relatively soon. Now, you know, there's a large spectrum of people. Some people can handle it. Other people can't. I know for myself, I'd be starving and want to eat my hand off within an hour. So, you know, um, there are some days I do that. Actually, today was one of the days that I did it. And the reason why I did it is because yesterday, um, you know, was a little bit more fat than normal. So I have been able to kind of um, have my, you know, I, I'm not like wanting to eat my, my hand off, but I'm fairly certain that, you know, relatively soon here, I need to have a mixed meal, otherwise I'm going to be really hungry. So as you're planning these meals, try and yeah. get, you know, a percentage of fat, a percentage of yeah. carbs, a percentage of protein. And that way you're not like, you know, downing a half of, you know, container of blue diamond, diamond almonds just to meet your fats for the day. So Heather's asking newbie here, just wondering if it's horrible that I go over on protein most days. Okay, so this is a great question because there, if there's one protein or one macronutrient that you can go over in virtually every situation, it's protein. Um, now we got to remember why we're going over on protein, you know. Are we drinking four shakes a day um, just to deal with hunger signaling? That's really kind of a residual of a bad dieting plan you did from the past. You know? um, and in that process, are you now keeping your fat super low, keeping your carbs super low, and your mm -hmm. weight's not moving at all, right? Um, right. Unless, of course... You know, I mean, all that stuff works, you know, all the restriction plans that you've ever worked, you, you know, when you look at what was the reason why, you know, high protein diet worked in the past? Well, mm -hmm. it worked because you were drinking Mountain Dew and, and, and you know, eating <laughs> M&Ms most of the day, you know. But if you weren't doing that, you know, then, you know, people are prescribing just hyper low calories mm -hmm. And trying to keep your hunger signaling at, at bay. And that just has so, so many problems. But if you're eating, you know, um, an adequate amount and you're meeting the rest of your macros, going on over on protein is never going to be a problem, right? right. So so that's going to be something that you can look at. And I, I think this is, you know, it brings up some some interesting points like, like juicing, Right. So a lot of people think of juicing and they think of, you know, kind of like the lemon cayenne thing, you know, um, and, oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah, like all, all of <laughs> that. That was totally me. <laughs> yeah. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think that people don't have a full appreciation for is that we tried all this oh, nonsense yeah. too, you know, I mean. Oh, I had my 
felt so tricked. I was like, oh, it's kind of like drinking a cocktail, but it's not a cocktail, but it's kind of like it. Right. Well, that was because you were putting vodka in it, you know. That that there was that was a little bit of it, um, but uh, you know, part of my journey, um, I did juice green vegetables, and I would have green vegetables, and I'm trying to remember like the big ones were were like bok choy, um, always kale, obviously, um, uh -huh. and and you know yeah. some level of citrus. So <laughs> what you needed was like, um, you know. Celery was a good one. Cucumber was a good one. That these are all things that um, have a high water content, and you would right. get, you know, you'd have you'd have enough cucumber in there combined with some kale and maybe some some collard greens, and then you throw in enough lime and lemon for flavoring. But in general, you were kind of trying to drink it as quickly as possible. At that point, really. Um, you know, it was good for vitamins. You know, a lot of people yeah. really talk about, you know, well, do juicing because, you know, I mean, I, there's this guy named Drew, um, cannoli or cannel or, or whatever. And I've known this guy actually for like 10 years because he started pitching the juicing thing for a long time ago. And his big pitch is the same old pitch that everybody else pitches that that people are, you know, nutrient dense, you know, um, and and that's one of the roles that that juicing fills. Um, trust me, if you drink just these green juices, um, it helps your micronutrient ratio, but it does not help your hunger signaling. And so, you know, the nonsense of of we're not nutrient dense you know yeah if you're eating you know pizza seven days a week you know right. starting to not eat pizza seven days a week and having more more vitamins i know for myself you know and i've talked about this a million times when i started juicing i was doing it and eating ribeyes and eating white rice and so it really helped my immune system it just helped my recovery overall, and eventually I just started eating vegetables, you know, just because I changed my yeah. palate. Um, yeah. So Crystal's uh -huh. asking, why do my numbers from my fitness pal change when I pull it into the trend sheet? So that's also, again, a good question. So the way that my fitness pal works in terms of calories is some guy in Poughkeepsie, okay, he's logging his cornflakes, and you you know, picked this guy in Poughkeepsie's cornflakes, which may or may not be verified. Even if it's verified, some of it's wrong. And so what we do is we base it off of the calculation of fats are at, at a multiplication or a multiplier of nine um, grams per calorie. So, you know, for, um, you know, any gram of fat, it's going to be multiplied by nine. Um, any gram of protein is going to multiply by four. Any gram of, um, of carbs is going to be multiplied by four. That way you're not subject to John and Poughkeepsie's bad, um, <laughs> bad logging, <Entry>. right? 
And so um, as long as the macronutrient ratio is in place, then that'll be fine. But you're going to see that a lot where, and this is the biggest argument with my fitness pal, is that a lot of the entries are wrong. And so that was the way that we addressed it. So, you know, maybe look at some of the entries that, that you put in. Are they verified? Are they unverified? <clears throat> I mean, the top. They have a little green arrow. They have a little green arrow. There. Well, that's the appeal of my fitness pal, though, right? I mean, some of the unverified stuff because, like, you, you know, you just want to look for. Um, <laughs> you just want an entry that's going to fit your macros. So if you're like, oh, this steak has lower fat, I'm going to pick this one. <laughs> Zucchini sausage, you know, like it's not going to be verified, you know. And I mean, are the macros going to be right? Probably not, you know. Um, so that that's something that you're going to want to keep an eye on, <laughs> your cat. Um, Can you, you see my cat above my cabinet? What's your cat saying? Like sweetie pie or something? Sweetie pie. And when So every call that we are on, just so you know, she is like a crack addict. I don't know if it's the sound of your voice or like the laughter because she's used to being quiet now. She yeah. starts doing this crazy stuff, climbing everywhere. I mean, to you know, anybody listening to the podcast, um, <laughs> I mean, this cat is, is like on, on a second story, you know? Um, and she's like now contemplating whether she should make the jump or not. Yeah. I swear, you know, about a month ago, I had to take her to the vet cause she was limping and we didn't know what was wrong with her. And I'm pretty sure it was one of these where she must've jumped off the cabinet. Jumped off like of the second story. Um, yeah. Yeah. She thinks she's a jungle cat. I swear. Yeah. So um, one other thing that I wanted to mention that I hear can hear, do hear is it seems like so much to log every day. Like I don't, I don't want to go in and put my weight in every day. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Once a week, make it a point to sit down. One, everybody has time somewhere on a Saturday or a Sunday to fill it in just once a week mm -hmm. for the week. Because again, without that information, you know, we're going in blind to give you recommendations and, you know, yeah, ultimately That's you're, not you're helpful to you. ultimately you're paying us for the right. information that we have to help you get the results that you need, you know. And right. um, if you're not doing your part, that's going to make our job that much more difficult. And what we see is is that in the scenario that Sarah's talking about where you would sit down and only do it. Um, I mean, I will say, you know, I don't want to be too harsh because I know a lot of people are just starting off and we don't want, you know, yes. we don't want you to, exactly. to be, um, just remember he's about to get a little hangry. He's been a little hungry right now. Well, but, but you got to remember, this is a little bit of what we were talking about earlier. You have to do your part. You have to jump all in. You can't just hide in the corner over here. And so, so like what's more important, you know, I was reading, a, I was listening to a, a podcast is actually a Ted talk. Um, and the woman was talking about, you know, time efficiency. 
And most books on time efficiency really talk about it from a you know micro standpoint. You know, if you can shave off five minutes here, then you can do this. I mean, one of the things that she talked about was that um, if you can just pause your TV, when you're watching two hours of TV a day, you can get in 30 minutes of exercise. And she's, she was like, you know what would be really good? Is if you use that two hours just for exercise, you know? <laughs> um, and so it really does come down to life choices. And if you're really serious yeah. about making a health change, you know, you do kind of have to change everything. I mean, like, you know, I lost 100 pounds. To look at who I was compared to who I am now, you know, and, and I don't eat in a restrictive way, as all of you guys know, you know. But, I mean, I had to change everything. And I had to get to a point of understanding related to myself. And I think one of the things that, that happens for people is as they go through, you know, I remember when I took my first body fat test. You know, I, I didn't want to know, you know, because for the most part, you know, I had already lost what was 65 pounds at that point. I thought, you know, I was 19% uh, that, you know, I could do the math and then, you know, 15 pounds from now, I'll be shredded. Um, that's not how it went. You know, um, my, my body fat percentage was 32%. And I'd say for the next you know, year, I had to change my point of view probably four to six times based on what I thought I knew and the changes mm -hmm. that I needed to make going forward. And, you know, I think that that's probably the hardest part when you're new is you want really simple answers. And so the really simple answer right now is start with your plan, do that plan. Okay. Right. Then you go, well, okay, I started with my plan. I did that plan, but I'm not ripped yet. You know, it's like, well, okay, now let's start pulling back the layers. You know, how much you're working out, right. how much low intensity work are you doing? What kind of job do you right. have? You know, um, are you, you know, and then, you know, as you start to lean out, as you start to lose weight, you know, are you staying focused? You know, one of the things that, that will often happen with eating form, and I'll, I'll admit to it myself, is sometimes my body composition goals do take a back seat to my performance goals. And that's okay. Right. right? I understand that, you know, I mean, I'm lucky enough I think a lot of us actually have some understanding. You know, I know for Sarah, you know, she's she's been really super lean at times. And then, you know, at other times, not so much. You know, my situation, but but always relatively lean, right? I mean, you you know, it's not like... You I feel know. like this is like a grand view. I feel like this is a grand view lunch conversation. Are you, are you calling me fat, Paul? Well, <laughs> no, yeah. the That was certainly not the goal. But, but... But I think that, you know, you know, for myself, the difference between, you know, 8% and, and 15%, you know, is roughly 
you know, 10 and a half pounds, you know, depending on what you weigh. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that layer of fat might be a little necessary for a while while you pursue your goals, you know, and what, what, what I think you, you often see, and this is sort of where we become victims of like Instagram models and, and all this right. other type of stuff. Is you look at these people, one, they never show you the picture that they took in the bathroom, right? They're always right. taking a picture in a sports bra after a pump, you know, with a, with a, a thing of protein that they're, they're trying to promote to you. Um, yeah. or, you know, their macro program, um, they're not necessarily putting it out there, what it took for them to get the muscles that they, they right. have, you know, right. um, I also think, you know, you have to sort of look at, um, some of the things that they're not telling you, you know, um, if you see that, you know, someone is pretty open about, you know, discussions related to performance enhancing drugs and you aren't prepared to use performance enhancing drugs, that ain't the person for you. You know, that's not going to be the plan for you, you know. Um, I just want to interject real quick here before I forget because you, you brought up another important piece of <laughs> our welcome calls is start using your progress tab today. Yes. Like right away. Oh, yes. Measurements and photos um, because like you've talked about a million times, having more than one data point than the scale, you're going to, you have so many changes happening in your body. You need to be taking measurements um, and photos. Well, and that was a little bit of the problem that I had, right? So when I went from 250... I think we all have that. I think that, I mean, that was intimidating for me. I remember very vividly, you know. I mean, I when, I went, when I went from 250 to 185... There was a lot of changes, but basically I just went from, a, a, you know, a guy with a lot of fat to use to sort of this skinny fat version, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I that I talk about, you are, I, I've, I've written extensively about this, is that if I would have done it, I would have done it slower and I would have been lifting weights along the way in some way, shape, or form, even if it was just body weight. But, you know, a lot of my early stuff, I probably blew through 15 to 20 pounds of muscle. And it took me a long time to get that muscle back, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're new, you know, it's kind of interesting, um, you know, preparing for the CrossFit Open and, and starting to get um, you know, some of my high intensity lungs back, you mm -hmm. know, um, <laughs> that various phases sort of set up other phases, you know, right now it's a little bit easier to maintain my weight with CrossFit coming back just because, you know, you are burning a certain amount of calories, you're using fuels a little bit more efficiently, things like that. And so mm -hmm. all of those things, when you look at where things started for me 10 years ago to compare where they are now, it's just so much more patience. And that patience is a much bigger asset than, um, than you know, being impatient 
getting frustrated and then constantly stopping whatever it is you're doing. You know, if you're doing right. something, you've been doing it for a long time, it's not getting getting you results, then then you have to move on. Now, that said, you know, let's think about why you're not getting results. You know, why you're um, allowing yourself to stay in performance and not going into a fat loss phase. You know, and why, you know, so it, it's easy to sort of get into performance mode and feel good about your workouts and stuff like that. But you do have to kind of keep an eye on the prize. And that's one of the things that, that yeah. I, I've always stressed. And people say, well, how'd you lose all that weight? I did keep my eyes on the prize, you know. And some of the things right. I did wasn't great. But, you know, it did, you know, that focus did help. I, I wish it was a little bit longer. Right. I wish I had some other things in, in, in place to do it. But at every yeah. different point of my journey, I, I reevaluated my journey. And I would say for somebody who's less disciplined, like myself, <laughs> that the trend sheets are that it, even as a coach that has changed, changed it for me mm -hmm. to keep my eye on the prize. Because having that data in front of me every day, you know, what I'm, what I'm eating every day, am I hitting my macros? what my weight is doing daily. You know, I won at that body fat loss challenge, you know, three years ago, three years ago, we didn't have trend sheets and reversing out of that. I didn't, I, I lost weight. I lost body fat, but I didn't know how to maintain that. Yeah. So the trend sheets changed that hugely for you. Well, the trend sheets changed a lot, you know, because yeah. what we really found with the trend sheets is that little things matter greatly. You know, mm -hmm. and so, you know, we had we had a lot of people that weren't always being honest about their alcohol consumption, weren't oh, always yeah. being honest about the amount of fats that they were consuming and to themselves, not to us, you know. Right. Um, and and, you know, would do things that we really couldn't point to and say, OK, here is the problem, you know, and. Yeah. Um, when we added that layer of accountability, you know, we lost a lot of people, you know, and the reason why we, the reason why we lost them is because that wasn't, you know, a lot of people would like to see results without some level of accountability. And that's what leads people to elimination diets. Like, you know, I don't need any sugar. I don't need any gluten. I don't need any dairy. Well, you don't need any calories. So therefore, yes, you're losing weight. But what's going to happen when, you know, you decide to have a piece of cheesecake? Are you opening up Pandora's box at that point? You know, and then, you know, because that, that, you know, and, and, and that's the case for, for virtually any starvation diet, you know. Um, and, right. and right now, I'm, I'm assuming that many of you guys are surrounded by people that are, you know, making a lot of the choices that we would not necessarily recommend for people. I mean, people tend to want to go to extremes. They want to just chop off their arm, you know, um, because yeah. because yeah. their weight was up three to four pounds. And realistically, just right. getting back to normal, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of a fat loss cycle, maybe a little bit of a mini cut, you know, these types of things could get things back to normal. Um, Right. For some people. And then, of course, some people this time of year does set up well for a fat loss phase. You know, they've mm -hmm. been eating a little bit at excess. Um, they're, 
you know, being able to stay weight stable. Um, you know, I know for myself, you know, my temptation right now is to try and cut into the 160s. You know, I'm 175 right now. Um, but I know Sarah knows me, Sarah, you know, this is where, you know, <laughs> even I need coaching is that, yeah. you know, living in Minnesota, you know, at this time of year, you do deal with seasonal stuff. You, you, yeah. you know, we're obviously, you know, introducing a lot of people to eat to perform. This is just not a great time for me to be in a cut because a cut is going to necessarily be hurdles. Now, if you're new yeah. and, and you know, you, you just starting off with a plan, man, so many people see real good results right off the bat. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you know, um, I've lost seven to 10 pounds in two weeks. You know, how, how do I keep this going? Well, you don't, you know what I mean? Like you, right. You, you pretty much just emptied your body of all the water and potentially some glucose. So let's let's try and slow that down a little bit so we can be a little bit more sustainable and we're not necessarily, you know, at a deficit. Because if you're losing that yeah. much weight that quickly, then there's some probably some changes that need. Doesn't mean that you can't still trend down. Doesn't mean that you can't still um, see some results. But uh, that's something to keep in mind. And that's another piece that, you know, like if you're seeing that, talk to your coaches. Just because, so every four-week cycle, you're going to automatically get a review from your trend sheet coaches. Every two weeks, you can click request a review. However, if you have questions or you're seeing funny, oddball things, you know, you know on your scale, you tag all four or five of your coaches because you never know who's online. Um, at that particular time with your question. You can comment daily if you want in your trend sheet. But that communication is really key to yeah, I mean, being successful. I, you know, to give you a great example, the people that we talk to regularly, that we know who they are, like if, if you request a review and you say, man, I'm really frustrated. Um, you know, I've been on these macros since July and I'm not seeing any results. Well, there's the problem. It's January. Right. You should have talked right. to us six to ten times since then. Um, We're like looking at another like July. What? Yeah, I mean, if if a coach is looking at your plan and they see that you're not, you know, gaining weight, they're not going to raise it to the level of, um, you know, to to necessarily pay attention to in that in that instance. And so it's up to it's incumbent upon you to yeah. you know really push um, that to the extreme. And I, and I do think that for new people, the message is is more out there. You know, um, we tell anyone that just started off. You know, and if if uh, you just started off and you haven't requested your review, do it now. You know, I mean, if you started off two weeks ago. You know, on January 4th and you haven't requested your review, you're not doing your part. We need you to do your part. And then you go, well, I'm not logging perfectly. I don't need you to log perfectly. Exactly. I want to review your situation. That's not a huge question. I haven't been good. I haven't been logging. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That, your directions it, that, are to click request a review. That's just another reason that's allowing you to hide in the corner. Right? Yep. And we don't want you hiding in the corner. We want you to... 
you know, even if it's just a little personal accountability from your standpoint to say, not doing great, but, you know, I am trying to move in a positive direction. All right, you guys. So um, we actually have a couple things that we need to get to. I uh, appreciate everybody being here, and we'll end on that note. Sarah, do you want to say anything before we shut it down? Just make sure you're checking the ETP bulletin. People say they're confused about the challenges. That ETP bulletin, peek at it daily in the files section of the group, the trend sheet group. It's going to keep you up to date on all of our challenges for the untapped game. Okay, perfect. All right, talk to you guys later, and uh, request your reviews. Talk to you later. Bye now.